재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Do you know what time it is? 
I think so as well. Um, someone was actually saying to me recently that if you combine three very high-profile movies that came out recently in Korea and, and combine them together, you're going to get this political scandal. There was a movie, Kok Song, about this supernatural thriller, and then you have Agassi about women and her bizarre relationship with the maid. And then there is Asura, which is kind of about corruption and violence in the underworld. So certainly religion does play an important role here. But to be fair to maybe Choi Soon-se, we actually haven't seen any kind of real piece of evidence that suggests she was a religious leader herself or that she was dabbling in some yeah. shamanistic practices. And in fact, um, the Korean National Mudang or the Shamanism Association issued a statement saying that whatever Choi soon did, this is not shamanism. So do not use this woman yeah. to smear us. Yeah, and we, we should, of course, point out there are distinctions between um Rumors and innuendo and what's been fact-based reporting of what can be gleaned from sources and documents and what have you. So things like, I guess, uh, when people talk about this uh, vision that Trey had about uh, that North Korea is going to collapse and therefore we need to push forward this unification jackpot theory or uh, sacrificing victims of the uh, Sewol Ferry or Mm. even shamanistic uh, imagery for the inauguration ceremonies and all that. That's all tied into sort of, uh, I guess, what the people's consciousness of this is. That and also the kind of language President Park has been using over the years. Um, She has been called out several times for what are called some very bizarre phrases in her speeches or in her public comments. For example, she once said that if we pray hard enough, uh, the, uh, the, the force of the universe will come and help us. And, and a lot of people just thought at that time, without knowing anything about Choi Soon-si, that this is just something really bizarre to say yeah. in a public comment. And now they're making connections between that and, and Choi Soon-si and see, saying that this is actually the smoking gun. <laughs> I think that's a little too sure. much. Yeah, I don't think that's been independently uh, verified uh, yet. But let's just talk about the, the role that these sort of... Uh, offshoots or, or religious sects or cults, if you uh, want to call them, have had. And uh, there are notable ones, Che uh, Temin and his, uh, his cult or his, his religious sect, uh, the, uh, the, the infamous Unification Church, of course, led by uh, Reverend Moon, which has had an influence uh, far beyond the borders of Korea, even in the United States. And even the uh, Sewol Ferry, uh, the owner of that operator, also uh, the head of that so-called Salvation uh, Sect uh, cult, um, what is it about? Is that is that a unique thing, or do you think this is something that all countries sort of have? Well, I'm sure every country has uh, its share of, uh, I guess, interesting religious movements, if I may say so. But in Korea, I think a lot of people make a big deal of the fact that um, Choi Soon-se's father was a religious leader. But in fact, from my perspective, Korea is has a lot of different, uh, if I may say, cults or new religions. Have you ever been down the street walking and approached by people saying, oh, you seem to have a very pure spirit? I have. Uh-huh. Um, I tend to give off a very, like, like <laughs> do not like uh-huh. mess with me kind of look to people. And so they tend to kind of go away after a while. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I've seen those people and I've seen them actually aggressively really go after some kind of more timid people. I see. Well, I have also been approached in the past and... 
And I actually considered following them just to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, based on what I understand, they, they do belong to a particular religious movement here that is actually quite wealthy. They have a university here in South Korea. And, and they also practice a very interesting combination of beliefs that draw from shamanism or traditional beliefs and also Buddhism and Confucianism. So this is just one example of what happens in Korea. I can give you another example of uh, something that Rolling Stone magazine called several years ago, uh, Yoga Cult. That was actually a Korean religious movement. Oh, as it wasn't well. Indian. It was a no, Korean no, no. Yoga Cult. Okay. So they're quite widespread in South Korea and they have uh, branches everywhere. You go and they teach you something that resembles um, like... Uh, calisthenics or exercises and it's very popular with middle-aged women actually so so that too has a very religious overtone and if you look very deeply into it it is a perhaps a strange phenomenon so this is everywhere and i think just the fact that we have political scandals that overlap with kind of religious elements that should not be seen as an indication that somehow religion has insinuated itself or strange religions have insinuated themselves into power and and business but it's more of an indication that these things are quite prevalent in south korean society we and we shouldn't conflate let's say all religions because um and, and you know we can there's can be theological debates on what's a mainstream religion and what's a, a, a cult or a sort of a, a heretical religion but uh, certainly there is a strong influence of, of buddhism which has been part of korean tradition for thousands of years uh the uh influence of christianity certainly uh, has been uh, quite strong in, in recent years here in korea as well um do you feel that, though, when people are saying this is a theocracy, people are kind of going then overboard? Um, I think, if anything, if we want to talk about the influence of religion on politics, we should really th- talk about the evangelicals, actually, the Protestants. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this in Korea, uh, when people say Christianity in Korean, it almost always means just the Protestants and and. It's not just me who say this, but scholars who specialize in Korean Christianity who will argue that Protestant church in South Korea basically ends up being the evangelicals. Right. And, and that's differentiated from, let's say, Tanjugyo, which would be Catholic, which would be right. considered a, a separate entity. And in fact, the, the power of the evangelicals over what is called the Gangnam elite in South Korea has been seen as a big problem in South Korean society. And when uh, the former president, Im Yong Bak, actually took office, uh, one of the criticisms against him was that he was just too close to the evangelical establishment. Uh, When he was mayor of Seoul, he actually gave a speech saying that um, he was going to offer the city of Seoul to God Mm -hmm. as a kind of, I don't know, offering. (laughs) And so there have been hints that evangelicals have a big role to play in Korean politics. But that, of course, discussion has been completely... Uh, sidelined by this uh, stronger or more obsessive focus on uh, what are called cults. Yeah, and we can we can talk about this, and I'm sure more details of the aspect of 
uh, Chue and her ties to her father and how that all affected things in terms of that uh, religious aspect of it. But as you've been able to kind of gauge the story, and you were kind of joking with me uh, before we went on air that uh, you're very upset about uh, Chue Sun Shil, um, not just for what <laughs> it's doing to the country, but also how it's affecting your work life, because I guess everything is just being kind of consumed uh, by this story and this story alone. But you're also kind of known as the resident sort of hell Joseon guy here on this program. You kind of you kind of articulate the voices of the people who are kind of um, not satisfied with how Korean society has gone. Basically, how are uh, younger Koreans reacting to this? Is this galvanizing them? Is this um, politically uh, enlightening them in a way that, let's say, the early uh, 80s democratization movement has? Hmm. This is a, that might be a bit of a stretch, but, but it is true that many young people are enraged by what they have seen. And um, it's just looking at the ratings, uh, so approval ratings for President Park Geun-hye are um, indicative of this. Um, of course, um, uh, overall, her, her approval rating has fallen to a single digit. I don't think that's in dispute anymore. But if you look at the generation divide, still the people who are older, let's say 60 or older, they're uh, about twice as likely to support President Park as the younger people are. That's when the approval rating really sinks down to two or three percent. So that's uh, the kind of, um, that's the sign of the anger that we see from the young people. And as to why they're angry, it's quite simple. I mean, um, so we've had people like me, of course, but many other people who say Korea has become this hell joseon where effort no longer makes a difference that you need to be born into the right family, you need to have the right connections to succeed. And actually, President Park came out very strongly against this discourse uh, only like three, four months ago, I believe. And she said, uh, like those who, are, those who talk about Korea as hell joseon, they're, they're missing out on something bigger, right? Sacrifice, effort, hard work. This is what made South Korea today. So you should continue that tradition. Like channeling her father's sort of exactly. mantra with the industrialization period, right? Like forego personal ambitions and let's just all work together to build this great country, right? Absolutely. And then you see what's happened with Che Sun-si and Che Sun-si's daughter, Jong Yura. Right? Was that sort of the straw that broke the camel's back? Because a lot of people say the Iwa students who started protests, they were, of course, upset about that night school program and, and they mm-hmm. wanted that abolished. They were upset about it. Then they found out about this so, uh, alleged uh, special admissions for Cheong Yura. Um, again, your uh, statements about how the young feel that unless you're born into privilege like Cheong Yura was, you really don't have any way to succeed in life in Korea. That was really sort of the, kind of the spark for what we've now kind of been through the past two weeks. I think you're completely right. And if you actually look at the history of Cheong Yura, that's very interesting too. Today, I was just reading a report saying that she has won several gold medals at different championships, but in fact, she was the only one competing in her category. Um, so that kind of thing, or there's a lot of um, kind of um, controversy over how she ended up being on the national team when Korea was competing in equestrian at the Asian Games in 2014. So she was kind of an add-on. And what's really making some people angry is how day after the Seoul sinking in 2014, uh, one of the, the, the close aides of the president was in fact... Uh, putting pressure on journalists to cover more the corruption story in the equestrian world in South Korea because they were angry about the fact that, I guess, this 
woman, Jong Yura, was not receiving enough of a preferential treatment. So yeah. they wanted to to shift the heat onto the judges or the equestrian association officials who are maybe in the uh, in the way of this woman's great success. But her success has proven to be not based on her effort and and, yeah. and on basically having the right connections. And of course, we talk about the straw that broke the camel's back. But ultimately, Chong Yura herself has kind of brought it on herself too with her interesting comments on social networking sites where she actually said that, don't you know that having the right kind of parents right. is also an ability? Right. They're basically mm-hmm. saying it's, it's your parents' fault if you're not. If you're not born rich, or, or something to that to mm-hmm. that effect, uh, with then uh, what people are outraged with uh, what they see with Chang Yuda, and you can talk about the admissions process, or even the fact that she apparently didn't attend uh, school uh, uh, adequately enough to even graduate uh, from from high school. Are all of these things going to be for the younger people? An idea that, okay, we need to side with the opposition. Cause I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't think the younger people are saying, oh, we need to be progressive. We need to be liberal and, and, and we need to push forward these kind of more, uh, progressive policies. This is really more of a cynicism of this whole society is sort of not going for us. And what's happening with, uh, President Pakone and Chesun Shield kind of just proves our point. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, in the past two days, uh, we have seen uh, yet more drama unfolding at the Blue House and also at the National Assembly over the nominee for the uh, for Prime Minister. Uh, the President single-handedly decided that we are going to get a new Prime Minister, and apparently the current one did not even really know that he was being fired. Um, and then we are basically talking about two candidates who are vying for the position, one who is sort of kind of flip-flopping. Yeah. And, and actually, they're both from the opposition. And, and that's really been seen as a sign that these senior politicians in the opposition movement, too, cannot really be trusted to lead the country in the right direction. At least from the younger people's perspective, right? right? If they have some uh, plum position in the government being dangled in front of them, they just, you know, leap at it. So... So what are the young people doing? I think at least in some circles, we are starting to see more of um, cyber activism, young people who are turning to grassroots uh, democracy. So they are starting petitions, trying to put their weight behind uh, certain initiatives that they think will prevent this kind of uh, scandal from happening in the future. A good example of this is uh, the movement toward uh, legislating a law that's being called the Chesunsil law. So that if you are caught embezzling government funds or of, you're accused of corruption of this extent that you will be, uh, held accountable for what you have done and you will have to pay back the state what you have stolen. So and basically, Kim Young Nan on steroids, like really kind of getting to the heart of the matter is no matter what position you are in, in society or politics. Absolutely. Of course, I mean, we have to see how exactly the language of the law will shape up to be in the future. But it's good to see that people are channeling their mm-hmm. anger into something constructive like this rather than just succumbing to cynicism online. Yeah. Well, I don't... We got, what, a year and five months left into this presidential term, assuming this term finishes out. I don't know how much drama 
more drama the country can take in. Uh, despite what people are angry about with the um, sort of unilateral filling of these positions, there is a concern about running state affairs and, and running the government and economy and national security matters and all that. So uh, those are all concerns that need to be addressed. But do you see any light at the end of the tunnel, especially when young people look at the situation? And they might be saying, just burn the whole house down. We don't care. Sort of like what Donald Trump supporters are saying in the United States. I know it's a very different sentiment and, and mindset. But is this something that you can see a net positive on, assuming that the, the country, society, and the government and politicians can come together with some sort of compromise? I think the solution really has to come from people who have been disconnected from politics until now. Um, even looking at established media, the picture is very depressing. I think it was just yesterday that Chosonilbo, the largest daily newspaper, very conservative here in South Korea, ran this headline in massive font, right? Politics has come to a standstill. That's their headline. And just looking at it, I mean, is there really light at the end of the tunnel? Even um, hearing about uh, the the course of the investigation into the Chosonilbo affair, I mean... We were just saying before the broadcast started that it's just a rabbit hole, right? All these conspiracy theories and complete mistrust of the prosecutors. Um, I think some Koreans are saying that it's good that the German prosecutors are actually acting now because Koreans have more trust in German police and prosecutors than they do in the law enforcement authorities here in South Korea. Well... Unfortunately, (laughs) I guess it's not the most positive assessment of the situation so far. Uh, We will have to leave it there, Seung, but hopefully we can have you back again soon. Maybe we can talk about some more pleasant topics, but um, not not holding our breath, but uh, look forward (laughs) to it anyways. I look forward to it too.